Hi everybody. This is Olayin Kaolo Jolo and you are listening to Day Springs of Grace broadcast. My objective in this broadcast is to bring a blend of biblical accuracy and practical insights concerning relevant issues in our world today. I hope that ultimately Day Springs of Grace will be helping us better understand God's heart and his purposes for our lives. Thank you for joining. In this episode, I will continue speaking on our endless treasures in Christ. In the previous episode, I began speaking about our endless treasures in Christ. It's a phrase that I drew or I have drawn from Ephesians 3 and verse 8, where Paul the Apostle said, Though he was the least deserving of all God's people, God graciously gave him the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I also made the point that we need to understand that when anyone accepts Jesus Christ as their personal savior, they are instantaneously enriched with enormous benefits of grace. This is true for every single believer in Christ. The only problem is that not all of us understand this and so we don't live in the full experience of these benefits. I will crave your indulgence again in this episode to share a few stories. I recently came across the story of two brothers, Homer and Langley Collier. Who were born in the 1880s into a wealthy old New York family. Homer, the elder brother, studied law and practiced admiralty law. Langley, on the other hand, took his degree in chemistry and mechanical engineering, but he never worked for a living. He devoted himself to music. But after their parents passed away, They lived together in a house in Harlem. And despite the fact that they could afford the bills, they allowed the telephone service to be cut off by 1917. And then eventually all utilities were cut off in 1928 simply because these brothers refused to pay the bills. They were not paupers. But they started going without steam, without heat in the house, and without hot running water. Rather, they preferred to use kerosene for lighting and cooking. By 1933, Homer, remember, is the older brother, or he was the older brother. He suffered a stroke and he went blind. Thereafter, Langley's younger brother was the one that was caring for him. 
but they avoided doctors and rather they treated homer's illness with special diet and rest it is reported that langley said that homer ate 100 oranges a week and treated his eyes by consciously resting them and this was how he rested them he kept them closed at all times eventually these brothers began living a reclusive life and langley only went out at night to collect scraps of junk and food from the garbage both of these brothers died tragically in the end apparently langley was crushed in one of the booby traps that he had set up because of robbers or intruders and once he passed away his older brother homer died of starvation don't forget langley was now looking after homer who had gone blind and so when langley died crushed by one of the booby, tra- booby traps that he had set up homer died of starvation days later the collier brothers did not have to live that way and certainly did not have to die that way they were not born into poverty and they were both well educated they could have in so much more in their lives but they did not utilize their resources another story i'll share with you is the story of hetty green i have known that story for a number of years and that story just never ceases to grip me Hetty Green was known as the Witch of Wall Street. She was an American businesswoman who managed an entire fortune. She inherited this fortune. And she managed this fortune so well that she became arguably the richest woman in the world at that time. By 1916, when Hetty Green died, estimates of her net worth ranged from 100 million dollars to 200 million dollars in 1916 yet she was said to never turn on the heat or use hot water because she didn't want to spend the money it is said that she only ate cold oatmeal or sometimes she warmed the oatmeal on the office radiator she wore one old black dress and underwear that she changed only after they had been worn out in fact one story asserts that she instructed her laundress to wash only the dirtiest parts of her dresses the hems to save money on soap hetty had two children a daughter and a son her son was called ned and during his teenage years he was hit by a cart his leg was badly injured, but rather than call a doctor, Hetty took her son to a free clinic for the poor in the city. Unfortunately, when the doctors demanded payment, because by that time they recognized that this was Hetty Green and she was rich, she refused to pay and she took her son home. Her son's leg injury worsened and eventually the limb had to be amputated. In fact, she wasn't only like that to just her her kids, even to herself. Hetty 
was said to have lived with a severe bulging and extremely painful hernia for 20 years because she did not want to pay the fee for surgery. Her solution to the hernia was to jam a stick against the swelling held in place by her underwear and the pressure of her own leg. Hetty Green had massive resources but she did not utilize them. Now I've come to realize that many of us believers in Christ are a bit like Hetty or the Collier brothers. We have so much available to us in Christ Jesus but we make use of very little of those resources. And in this episode, I will go on to speak about our blessings in Christ. I will refer us to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. The King James Version of the Bible reads this way. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. I will read to you also the New International Version, NIV, and the NLT, the New Living Translation. NIV says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. While the New Living Translation says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. As you will notice, Paul is starting off the epistle and he begins with thanksgiving and praise to God. And then he starts to mention some marvelous things the Lord has done for us. And the very first thing that Paul praises the Lord for The very first thing that Paul mentions in this his moment of thanksgiving is that God has blessed us in Christ. It is important to point out that we need to pay attention to the tenses of the verbs that are used in scripture to get the best out of Bible revelation. You see, for instance, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 does not say that God will soon bless us or that God will bless us tomorrow, or that God will bless us next week, or that God will bless us next year. What scripture says is that God has blessed us already. It's a past tense. To bless someone means to give a benefit, to prosper someone. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 describes an act of God where he, God, bestowed some gifts to us and in fact this verse says that god has given us these blessings already every possible spiritual blessing for time and eternity have been bestowed upon us in christ jesus john chapter 1 and verse 16 i've mentioned it in a few of the episodes in these broadcasts but let me read to you what the amplified version says It says, for out of his fullness, abundance, we have all received, all had a share, and we were all supplied with one grace after another, and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, and even favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, according as his divine power 
has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 9, it says, So them, they which be of faith, are blessed with faithful Abraham. We are blessed already. We are blessed already. But see, the blessings in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 are not physical blessings of worldly wealth, money, cars, houses, but spiritual riches, divine enablement of grace. And I have not said that God does not bless us with physical blessings. After all, Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18, God said to the Israelites, Remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. And then in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17, it talks about God, the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. But my point today is that we have received enormous benefits in Christ Jesus. We are recipients of God's blessings and favor in Christ already. And there's a whole world of difference between conducting one's life like a victim or a beggar hanging around for handouts or crumbs from a rich man's table and taking on the mentality of someone who knows that he or she is blessed and favored of God. In Genesis chapter 26, we read the story of Isaac's experience with the people in the land of Gerah. The chapter begins with the information that there was another famine at that time. It's different from the famine that occurred in Abraham's time. That famine that occurred in Abraham's time, we find it in Genesis chapter 12. So in Genesis chapter 26, Isaac lived in Gerah, a land of the Philistines. But at that point, Isaac received the revelation from God. And truly, when you read through the biblical narrative, this is actually the first time of God speaking to Isaac. In Genesis 12, let me back up a bit. When there was a famine, Abraham moved to Egypt because of the famine. And it seemed like Isaac was contemplating doing the same thing. However, when God revealed himself to him and God spoke to him, God instructed Isaac not to go to Egypt. God told him, to remain in the same place and then thereafter God reaffirmed the promise he had made to Abraham his father. God told him to remain there and God assured him of his blessings. As you read that chapter, we read of Isaac becoming so wealthy that the king asked him to move away from them. Genesis 26 verses 12 and 13 says when Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted for the Lord blessed him. He became a very rich man and his wealth continued to grow. Don't forget this was during a famine. Finally, in verse 16, you see Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, ordering Isaac to leave the country. He said, go somewhere else for you have become too powerful for us. But you see, Isaac didn't mind. Isaac just moved away. But even after Isaac moved to a different area of the land, he continued experiencing hostility from other headsmen or shepherds in Gerah while his servants were digging wells. But you see, at each time, in fact from verse 19, he says, Isaac's servants also dug a well in the Gerah valley and they found fresh water. But the shepherds from Gerah came and claimed the spring. But you know what? Isaac did not contend with them. Isaac did not quarrel. Isaac simply moved away. 
Two times it happened. And Isaac moved until he got to another place and there was no contention. And then Isaac named that place Rehoboth, which means open space. For he said, at last the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in this land. With each contention, Isaac did not struggle. Each time, he just moved his base of operation because Isaac understood that he had God's blessings already. He knew that God had favored him, so he did not need to argue with the hostile shepherds. He had received God's assurances, so he had a settled disposition. Many of us engage in many acts and practices that show that we do not really, really, really believe that we have God's blessings and favor already. You see, this is not an episode on giving and offerings, but I must point out that if you do not have this settled assurance that you're a recipient of God's blessings already, you will fall victim to different schemes out there. I've heard people, so-called ministers, asking for all sorts of gifts in different currencies just to proclaim God's blessings on his people. I look forward at some point to discuss the issue of giving later on in this broadcast. But see, we need to rest in the knowledge that God has blessed us in Christ already. Romans chapter 8 and verse 17 says that we are joined heirs with Christ. And essentially, this means that we share everything that Christ owns. His possession is our possession. His position is our position. His privileges are our privileges as well. As I end this episode today, let me refer you to another story. And it is the story that involves Balaam, the syncretic prophet. You see, many people only remember Balaam for being the one who had the encounter with the talking donkey. But the full story has more details than that and I believe it has a relevant lesson for us today. The story spans from Numbers chapter 22 to 24, so you can read it later. But what had happened was that the Israelites had spent 40 years in the desert and they were finally preparing to enter the promised land of Canaan. At that point, they camped at the border of Moab. And understandably, the Moabites were terrified of the Israelites. And so in fact, they they struck a pact with the Midianites. Their king at that time was called Balak. And so Balak realized that the power of the Jews was supernatural. He knew that there was something special about them. So he hatched a plan along with the leaders of Moab and Midian to hire Balaam, a well-known prophet, to curse the Israelites. Despite being warned by God, Balaam went ahead to make attempts to cause God's people, perhaps tempted by the payments that Balak, the king of Moab, had promised him. But you see, each time that Balak moved him to a new location to pronounce the curse, and if I remember well, I believe it happened three times, the only words that Balaam could utter concerning the Israelites were marvelous blessings. You see, the point is, if God has blessed you, no one can reverse it. No one can reverse it. 
So many of us, especially in these parts of the world where I come from, Nigeria, West Africa, generally Africa, we believe a lot in ancestral curses and all sorts of things. But you see, the blessing that we have in Christ Jesus is far greater and trumps any other thing that may be in opposition to us. No matter what the circumstances in our lives might be, we must recognize that we are blessed by God. We should not live like deprived beggars anymore. Rather, we must soak in the depths of this powerful revelation of truth that our being in Christ has conferred on us manifold blessings. For instance, I shared in a previous episode a period of time in my life that was such a tough time for me personally. All the circumstances seemed to be saying that I had either been abandoned by God or perhaps I was not a recipient of His favor. But I did not allow the situation change my belief. I was convinced then, just as I am now, that God's blessings and favor are mine in Christ and nothing can ever change that. And that is what it must also be for us. We must have this settled assurance that we are blessed of God because that is what the scriptures actually say and that is what God declares concerning us. And so, this week I say to you, You are blessed. You are blessed of the Lord. Blessed with everything that heaven has to offer. And this is your heritage in Christ. Hello again everyone. Thank you for listening to this broadcast. You can reach out to me to ask any questions, make any specific requests about topics to be discussed, or even send in prayer requests via email. And the email address is daysprigsofgrace at gmail.com. Daysprigsofgrace at gmail.com. A recording of this broadcast will also be available on the showreel on this channel and then also on SoundCloud, Mixcloud, Anchor FM, Spotify and a few other podcast channels. The links to these channels will be provided later. Join me again next time and have an amazing week.